What's up, Curious Chimpies? It's Nathaniel here. Uh, Sammy's not here, obviously, but he's in the podcast, which you'll see in just a moment. Um, we forgot to do an intro, but I think for this episode specifically, to give you some more context behind it, it'll be easier for you to follow along. So I figured I'd just do the intro really quickly and say what's up to all of you, and I love you all. Uh, what else? Before I get into it, just if you haven't already, just click the subscribe button below. Like we really appreciate the support we're getting. We're putting out videos weekly. We're we're staying consistent again, and we love you. And uh, yeah, so like, share, subscribe, whatever. And you know what? Send us a comment. We want to start engaging with you all and uh, learning more about you. So for this episode, we had Dan Aponte on. Uh, he was on I think a week or two ago, and he was. Pretty much he was documenting the trucker convoy protests in Ottawa, in Canada. And a lot of developments have happened since. A lot of negative things have happened since. And he went back weekly and documented what he saw. And his work actually got really um, noticed by some big names. I think he was retweeted by Jordan Peterson, Barry Weiss, uh, Brett, the Dark Horse podcast. Brett, Brett and Heather both were... Uh, using his work in some articles on their subtrack or substack, sorry. So Dan went back there and documented what he saw with the police forces um, kind of taking control of the situation and removing the protesters and kind of forcefully uh, ending the occupation and the protest. So we, we spoke about what's happening, what's currently happening. We're going to call this like the emergency podcast. So it's a lot about that. We also cut at some point just to see, because yesterday was when we filmed it, was the vote for the Emergency Act in Parliament. And so we cut, we, we checked the vote, and then we made a comment on it after. You guys will just have a swift, uh, like a flowing episode. You won't even really notice, but for us, there's just, just for some context, there's before the vote and then after the vote. And then Je Dan shares some uh, photography afterwards, so... For the audio listeners, it's going to be more um, insightful to look at it on YouTube. I think I threw in a timestamp in the episode, so you can switch over to YouTube once the audio is done. Uh, but you can still listen. We tried to describe the photos, but it's probably better to see his work on the slideshow. It's pretty cool. And what else? I think that's about it. I mean, it's a sad time in Canada. It's really, it's a big, a big. Uh, Big disappointment in what's going on, but you know we're curious chimps. We're gonna try to keep it on that. We're gonna try to keep it on that uh, positive vibe, but you know, hopefully, we can all stand up and come together as humans, as Canadians, and humans, and work work our way through this and past this. Because what they're gonna be doing to those who attended these protests, what they are capable of doing, is a little bit scary with this emergency emergency act. They can freeze your bank accounts, assets, all sorts of things. And it's pretty much whatever they want to do, they can implement uh, under this new guide guidelines of the Emergency Act. So I'll leave you all at that. It's a great episode. We discussed a lot of things that are relevant to the times we're in. And then you get to see some of his work again. And it's really good work. So, uh, yeah, we'll see you there. Peace. What's up, beautiful people? I'm Nathaniel Pearl. And I'm Sam Sheva. And welcome to Curious Chimps Podcast, a show where we explore the infinite complexities of the human experience.
We do not endorse anything illegal. So please, consult the doctors, do your research, and for the love of all that is holy, be safe. All right, let's talk about drugs. Curious, curious, curious chips. Dan the man, you're back. I'm back, man. Yeah, Three so times a charm, baby. Sorry to all the curious chimps out there that I'm taking up all the airtime. <laughs> it's a limited airtime, so it's all good. Um, you're just like an honorary a member honor- of the podcast now. Yeah. <laughs> First it was Lily, and now it's <laughs> uh, She's yeah. legacy. Yeah, so I guess uh, the reason I'm back is because I went to the um, Freedom Convoy protest the weekend after I spoke to you guys, I got COVID, probably there. Uh, the reason why I say probably there is because I had a, a portrait project that I did. Um, and so I was interacting with a lot of people, speaking to a lot of people. Um, and then, so I was out for about seven days. Oh, and by the way, I was vaccinated too. I was double vaxxed, still got COVID. So... Take that for <laughs> what you will. <coughs> <laughs> yeah. And then this past weekend, I was there again, uh, which is uh, on the heels of the Emergencies Act that uh, Trudeau and the Liberals uh, rolled out. And so they got to close uh, the protests for the most part. Yeah. And so another interesting thing, some of your viewer viewers may or may not know this, but the um, the act was declared on Monday. And then uh, members of parliament have five days to think about it, deliberate, and then they have a debate. It was set for last Friday. And then the House of Commons was canceled because there was an emergency. So they couldn't vote on the Emergencies Act because there was an emergency. And then they pushed it to tonight. So on Friday, that's when, you know, they were able to essentially um, at first compress all of the protesters onto one or two sections of uh, parliament. And then on Saturday, what they did was they dispersed all of the protesters and barricaded parliament. Yeah, I saw you sent me a video. I think you were taking it, <coughs> and they just put up like <coughs> metal fences all around. Yeah, and you were commenting. You're like, they're trying to create less sp- uh, to create space so there's no more traffic, but they're just starting more traffic by creating these blockades. Yeah, it's like yeah. replacing one blockade with another. It was yeah, like but this kind of blockade's way more serious because mm. there is no movement. There, there is no one. There is no one around Parliament. Uh, there are certain checkpoints that you have to enter by. And then through those checkpoints, that's where people are entering. And the only people who are entering right now are members of parliament, police, and that's about it. So there's no more public around the streets of parliament. And it's probably, so if you think of how Ottawa looks, you know, you guys can probably Google it and look on maps, but... To the north of Parliament is is the river. And so everything is south of that, right? You've got the river, you've got Parliament, and then you've got Wellington Street is the main street that's that Parliament is on. Mm. And so 
I think it would be the third street from Parliament. That's where the perimeter sort of starts. And I don't know uh, how east and west it goes. Um, but anyway, I just want to go back to what I was saying before, just so that we could sort of like appreciate what was done. The act was called on Monday. Parliament deliberates for five days, debates and votes on Friday as to whether or not we can, we, we can remain in the Emergencies Act. The day of the vote, it was canceled. And that's the day that everything started. So they had the weekend to do everything that they wanted to do, mm. and they're going to be voting on it now. So essentially, they circumvented the rules in order to get done what they wanted done. So even if the vote, so it would be great if in you know the next half hour the vote happens, um, we uh, you know cancel the Emergencies Act. But the fact remains that everything was done, mm. right? The convoy was dispersed. The occupation, whatever you guys want to call it, it was dispersed. Uh, people were arrested. Uh, barricades were put up, right? Mm. So like ten foot double walled fences. Wow. Um, that's all around Parliament now. So yeah, there's definitely no traffic, mm. and businesses are going to suffer because they're inside there, and you can't go inside there oh unless geez. you're, you know, a politician. Yeah, I saw a tweet that was surprising, where someone was like, "The police is worse than the convoy," <coughs> and it's, and I was like, "Like I'm not there, and I'm not a cop, I'm not a politician. I try to give it all like some kind of respect, or like I don't know the nuances, but like, how can people like live?" like just bask in such irony i don't get it like it's mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. this was bad this was out of control we're gonna like literally like you know push through some emergencies act that has pretty much never been used and uh, or has been used like in ridiculously cr crazy situations right well know? well the details of it are that um the War Measures Act was the sort of predecessor to the Emergencies Act. The Emergencies Act uh, was sort of written out in its current form uh, after the Constitution was written, which is 1982. So before that, for the War Me uh, the War Measures Act was used uh, in for World War One uh, and the October Crisis in 1970. That's when Trudeau's father. Um, rolled out tanks in Montreal because of the um, uh, was it the F FLQ or something? But essentially, it was Quebec separatists that actually had stolen dynamite. There were two hundred bombs that had gone off at that point. They had kidnapped uh, a member of Parliament and they had killed him. Mm. Uh, and that's when Trudeau Senior decided to deploy the War Measures Act, which is the predecessor to the Emergencies Act. So technically, the Emergencies Act has never been um, used before, but it's also pretty recent, right? It was written out in 1982. Okay. <coughs> Just for context for our listeners that maybe aren't in Canada, uh, two things. The we're going to do a little bit of a cut at some point and then return because we're going to watch what happens with this vote for the Emergency Act, which is happening tonight. But you want to just define what the Emergency Act can do, like what give what the power what power the government gets. On <laughs> the, I mean, there's a sure. lot. I, well, but no, like, no, it's not just that. Yeah. It's that I don't know the details. Yeah, that's the thing. Is okay. I just wouldn't feel comfortable 
sort of talking about everything that it would uh, allow the government to do. Okay. But as an example, what's been done is um, rules like movement around parliament is now deemed illegal. Mm. You can get arrested. Um, the fact that people were at the protest, and, and this, I don't know if it's the Emergencies Act per se, or this is just something that they're trying to pass uh, in light of the protests, but just the fact that people were at the protest, mm. they can prosecute you, and they can freeze your accounts. Okay, so this is yeah. another one that's really big, is they started freezing um, bank accounts of known truckers and protesters. And so... I don't know if that's war uh, emergencies act specific or is that just this protest specific okay. because, you know, the Trudeau government decided to say that the protest was essentially terrorist activity. Yeah, they were they they didn't use those words, but they were alluding to that, and they were saying somewhere on the lines that this is they well the word occupation keeps circling around and people are calling it this occupation i call it what you want people are staying there overnight mm -hmm. but it is a protest and this is really recent this whole seizing your bank account and freezing that freezing the funds and it happened it can, it kind of coincided with the emergency act but i'm not sure if it's related either so before the the uh, the emergencies act they had disbanded the um gofundme campaign yeah. Uh, Give, Send, Go had actually already transferred $1.4 million to various accounts related to the truckers. TD froze those accounts. And that was before the Emergencies Act. Okay. Which is why I'm saying I don't know if they're able to use the Emergencies Act to ensure mm. that anybody's account that they state is related to the protests will get frozen. Mm. So actually, I have a, a friend who's a sheriff of mine. He called me today, and he's like, I just wanted to know if you're okay, and I want to know if you've checked if your accounts are still in working use. Because at the protest, we're kind of going all over the place. Like I don't even yeah. know how to start, but <laughs> it's all good. on Friday and on um, Saturday, I noticed that there are a whole bunch of police officers like far behind the, the front line that just had cameras, uh, photographing and, and, and filming what was going on. Mm. And then one of the reporters had asked um, the new uh, head of police in Ottawa, is that footage, is that video photo footage going to be used uh, to press charges on protesters? And he said, absolutely. Okay. This is going to take a long time, but we're going to go through video footage, associate it to people, and then we're going to prosecute them. Okay. So that means I might be in trouble having gone there simply to photograph what was going on. Mm. Yeah, I've been I've been hearing there was an interview with one of the sheriffs or one of the police spokesperson for the Ottawa police and he was saying that months to come they'll be finding people that were at this protest and charging them. So uh, I saw that I was on Twitter. Mhm. Mm and whether that's going to be valid or not, I'm not a lawyer, but this sounds like it could be a way to threaten people so they can... It's like another method to stop further protests going on, but... Further dissent, yeah. right? It's like, yeah. well, you know, like, 
people are going to think twice yeah, exactly. before they, they, you know, um, protest again before they have some kind of a cause that they think government should be listening to. It might deter some people. Yeah. Uh, but then again, it might not. It depends on uh, what's, what's the topic, yeah. right? There are certain subjects that seem to be taboo and there's other subjects that seem to be applauded uh and championed for and so i guess it just depends who's in power and this is why what's going on is really scary because <coughs> the rules that so so if you think of you know if you think of the endeavor of canada as a game right we're trying to play a game okay the game that we're playing is a free country where everyone's rights and liberties are upholded and the way that you ensure that is you write certain kinds of laws um you 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 have certain kinds of rules and those rules ensure that when your team is not in power you're still protected and it also ensures that when you're in power you can't abuse your power this is the point of having rules and regulations and laws um we need them so that when we're not the ones in power uh, we can't abuse those we we can't abuse the power to you know oppress people that we disagree with mm. and it just seems so short-sighted right now that the liberals are choosing to use this essentially labor movement this blue collar protest um as as the reason to start bending the rules start moving the goalpost and enact certain things that I think are should should be frightening to any Canadian. I saw I saw an article today that uh, this idea of being able to freeze accounts. Um, now again, I don't know the details of if it's specifically for terrorist activity, illegal activity, or just things like this. You know, protests mm. that they don't agree with, but they want to extend the ability to be able to freeze and seize accounts beyond the war the uh, emergencies act so this is a new thing that they just rolled out a few weeks ago they roll out the emergencies act and now they want to keep some of those new powers that uh, they had access to so so this is like this this is what we're talking about is is are these the kinds of things that we want to be a part of what canada stands for and um, I don't think too many people who hear that that idea of having your account frozen because the government doesn't agree with something you've done. Mm. And, and, and again, it's like you could start bending what, what does illegal activity actually well count as. Well, it's subjective, as. right? It's like... Well, it's, it's, it's objective when, when you're the government and you get to yeah. write. Exactly. Who's, who's, who's a terrorist? Who's... Um, uh, involved in illegal activity. Um, yeah. But that's what it's dangerous when it's such uh, broad terms where it's like unlawful activity, let's call it, or uh, unlawful protests would for sure fit that category. So what considers an unlawful protest when you're creating the rules of the game? Like before the trucker convoy, like this concept wasn't a, wasn't in theory a unlawful event. It was people came to protest 
and then it kind of morphed into this new idea how to stop them and now it's becoming this unlawful occupation mm -hmm. and now they're rolling out these new rules mm -hmm. and then in the future are they going to go even one step further if if a different protest starts to create more um disruption in, the, in a city or in a capital or something like that mm -hmm. so that's where it gets dangerous is that line is getting squiggly and then they're just going to take that space mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. i don't even think it's squiggly like uh, you said it perfectly before it's 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 not even about precedent anymore it's being done now mm -hmm. like this is crazy like yeah. other like people within and without uh, canada are are comparing our the go actions of our government to like like crime and tyranny mm -hmm. you know and it's and it's like like they're going to use words misuse words rearrange words redefine words redefine, redefine words, words yeah. to really just be like <laughs> you are now the thing that we're allowed to take to freeze the bank accounts to exactly. like you are now the thing that is like uh you know like like uh it, like what's the word like you're at the mercy of our brand of justice essentially sure, sure and what what weirds me out is how many people are okay with it that's the that's the scary ass part for me i don't want to switch the i don't want to change the direction of the conversation too much I, but like i'm sure everyone feels this and a lot of people a lot of my friends on facebook that were like fuck these people they just went quiet and I don't know if they're just overthinking about like COVID and protests and everything. I don't know, but like, maybe some people are like, "This is getting fucked up," and some of the, a group of those people might be like, "Why didn't they just stop?" Like blaming the victim in a sense, you know? Sure. But it's like, I don't know. There's so, it's just so in your face. It's so obvious. There's no justification for this. Th they were never violent. Maybe there was a few times that they were. I wasn't there. But apparently they weren't. The cops even say they weren't. They're just breaking the rules. We made new rules. You can't be here. Now you're breaking them. Now we're going to move you guys. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. Trudeau starts like paying crazy rewards to like, uh, tr like uh, tr tow truck people who are willing to take the trucks away. Mm -hmm. And apparently there's people there who are, I mean, this is, I, I, don't, I didn't look into this deeply, but there's like... Um, some kind of like international police that showed up, like something outside of Canada. Like, is right. that real? So, okay. I saw, okay. Uh, I think it's North Bay Airport. Apparently that is an airport that does service UN planes. But yeah, there, there is a rumor that went around. I don't know, it, it, like, basically, I, I don't know if this has been uh, debunked or not, but yeah, there were UN planes uh, at at North Bay Airport, I believe it is. Um, but let me just add something to that, okay? I don't know if those planes are there because they're being serviced, because you know Ottawa is the capital and it's it's close by and it's kind of like a private airport. It doesn't um, even matter. All the other stuff is still valid. <coughs> yeah, but but maybe something to add credence to the fact that it could have been a UN plane is is the fact. Because they wouldn't need to use those planes. But anyways, there were police from everywhere across the country. This is what part. This is one of the aspects of the Emergencies Act is that you can call on police forces from everywhere. Mm. So there were police from Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton, Toronto, Quebec, and you could see it on their badges, right? Or not their pa their, their their patches. Um, 
so maybe that could be just different uniforms. A reason why? No, no, no. Maybe they're using those planes to mm. taxi the the police from those cities. Okay. I'm saying it could have been that. Uh, at the same time, you know, you've got military that that use commercial air f- air airlines all the time. So so they could have done that too. Because yeah, uh, that to me was really surprising. Is you're just looking at all these patches, and it's like, oh, this is this is Vancouver police, this is Calgary police, and the police kept sort of like cycling in shifts, right? They would be there for like an hour or two, mm. and then they would switch lines. Like a um, soccer game. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, what they were doing is extremely stressful. Uh, I could see that. Some of the cops just did not look like they wanted to be there. And again, my friend who's a sheriff. Good. So so he's a sheriff in Alberta. I don't know uh, which provinces have uh, sheriffs. I don't I don't think there are any in like Quebec and Ontario. But anyways, uh, you know, he was telling me that yeah, those people are voluntold, right? They're they're not like volunteering to do this. They're kind of like, we need you to go there. Mm. Um, and he t- he told me that look, if you have if if you're told to do something like that and you decide not to you're fucked you're kind of screwed in the sense that you know your supervisor or their supervisor is going to make it difficult for you um and also the the possibility of moving up uh within the force becomes harder mm. so and and you know this is Again, I don't want to make it seem like it's some some weird, creepy, terrible conspiracy, but you know, this is the kind of thing that would happen if you were working in private industry mm. and someone asks you, "Hey, can you take this one for the team?" and you say no, it's going to look unfavorable for you in the future. So, I just want to make sure that I'm not saying that it's some sort of a weird sort of but no, I think that happens <coughs> in most kind of <coughs> workplaces where where it comes in that kind of context of take one for the team and if you don't it's like yeah politics is not yeah. just in it's politics everywhere. it's everywhere yeah. mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and i mean mm-hmm. we don't have to get again it's not about conspiracy theories or or precedent and what's going to happen in the future like things like that are just logical and common the thing with the cops and the cameras and like imagine they're scrubbing like the internet and facebook and like something maybe a lot of that is aggregated through the qr codes or it will be you know, like, mm-hmm. these things are real. They're happening. Mm-hmm. We don't have to worry about conspiracy theories and, mm-hmm. like, lizard people or something. You don't have to mm-hmm. go crazy. Who cares yeah. if the moon landing was fake? This is happening, man. <laughs> man. You got to say man at the end of shit yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's fucking, <laughs> like, it's just uncomfortable. It's just, like, disrespectful. It's just not how you run a country. It's not how you treat people. It's yeah. fucking wrong. We don't have to mince words here. Yeah. It's yeah. fucking wrong. They were doing something uncomfortable. They were fucking with Ottawa. They were fucking with Parliament. They put trucks in. They blocked uh, uh, service roads and shit that are important for circulation. Guess what? The fucking judge says stop honking. They stop honking. Hey, you people, you fucked with the homeless. Okay, we're going to feed all the homeless. It's like you give them two reasons to look bad, they'll give you a hundred reasons that we don't look bad. And then they they even unblocked one of the bridges to be like, look, we're going to be here for a while. So to not be total dicks, use this fucking bridge. I mean, again, I don't know the details. I don't know the geography. I don't know really what the ramifications are of them staying, not staying, opening one bridge, opening all the fucking streets. But, like, these people are there for a reason. Their lives are being pressured. They're they're losing their jobs, losing their house. Mm -hmm. They have kids. So do the cops. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So everyone there doesn't want to be there. 
and they're all it's their livelihoods on the line yeah. like and who's pulling the strings yeah it, like come on yeah well, I, I just want to add to that it's mm-hmm. like these are not terrorizers these are the working class the the pretty much the essentials of what keeps a city and country going and they are speaking up and it's like our first podcast where you were saying when the rich sneeze the poor have pneumonia mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. like they're coming up and talking and then you see on the TV they they blast these storylines that they were um, destroying or vandalizing the statues, and then like Sammy said, they came and corrected it the next day and cleaned it, and then they said something about oh, oh, that's oh yeah that's we got everyone that's our timer yeah. for the uh, the vote. We're gonna go see this vote in a second, but I just want to finish my thought. Yeah, of course. And they just put stuff on the statue. Yeah, they didn't even vandalize it like well, badly. They stretched a lot of truths here. Yeah, we already know that. But anyway. But so then the the homeless thing, then they started feeding people. And like everything the news kept slamming on these people. They, they came would, back 10 they, times better. They were correct because that's not what they're there for. And obviously that wasn't reported. So the image of who they are is being formed by the, pu- by the media. And these are just regular people that are really just fucking fed up with their livelihood on the line. And they're coming out. They're being portrayed as almost terrorists, and it's like these these acts, like this emergency act. If someone is not really paying attention, and they see what's happening, they're gonna think these are horrible people out there mm-hmm. that are terrorizing Ottawa. Mm-hmm. And they call them anti-vax, even though ninety percent of them are vaccinated. But so it's on the heels of COVID. Right? But also not even just anti-vax, but racist. Like that's like the main narrative that mm-hmm. these are racist anti-Semites. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and that's what Trudeau uh, recently just called. The Conservative Party said you guys were siding with them. I think that backlashed huge. Yeah, that backfired pretty hard. But, but it's still yeah. it was still said. Is he like taking a dive? Is he like the heel in this weird like charade? Like <laughs> that's no, what it looks like no. sometimes. I mean, yeah, I don't know. But to add to your point that you were saying that, you know, these are people who are are, you know, aren't able to work, losing their livelihood, etc. So many of them aren't actually. They they are vaccinated, so they can work. Mm. The fact is they're there because the mandates, the vaccine passports, like, Nate, like I told you, I was double vaccinated. Mm. I was planning on getting my third dose. I don't have to anymore because I got COVID and I got over it. And so I'm <laughs> more more protected than someone with four, three or four doses. Mm. Um But I was I was also sympathetic to the cause and to the protest because I did not like this idea of having to show my vaccine passport. I didn't like the idea that people I knew couldn't go the places that I was going, mm. right? Couldn't go to restaurants, couldn't go into movie theaters, and then ended up not being able to go to Walmart, right? Like, mm. who goes to Walmart? Poorer people. Mm-hmm. And look, socioeconomically, most of the people who 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 are vaccine hesitant were people who were lower on the socioeconomic scale. So they're already getting hurt. Um, COVID was already much more difficult for them to live through. And on top of that, we're telling them you can't go to Walmart where they were able to buy in bulk, cheap, same as with Costco. Um, You can't go to like Home Depot to get things to repair your home. Like Like Canadian Tire for a while had it also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The SAQ, the SQDC, all that stuff like... Yeah, I could go anywhere I wanted, yeah. but I knew a lot of people who couldn't, and I did not like that. That's it's un-Canadian. Exactly, that's well said. And, and like the truckers going through the the borders, thinking yeah. about ten percent of their, you know, coworkers or whatever, just out of a job. Yeah. You know, like they're 
their truck collecting rust or they have maybe a lot of trouble going through and maybe that's costing them time and then they lose their job like there's so many factors but like it's it seems like unnecessary and it's ruining people Mm -hmm. and those are the people we're talking about Mm -hmm. there's a justification for their emotions and for their actions Mm -hmm. you know it's like it's not but it's not rocket science but here's where if everything worked as advertised from the beginning till now you get the vaccine the transmission stops you know because that's the initial narrative and yes variants came and it kind of obviously muddied the water and made shit a lot more complicated but to the fact that like you were stating you're double vaxxed you just got covid it's like that kind of destroys the whole narrative of how a vaccine passport is safer. Do you know who else was double vaxxed or maybe even triple, triple yeah. vaxxed? Trudeau. And he got COVID yeah. just before the trucks came 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 in. So, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, this guy's telling everybody, get vaccinated. It's the only way. And he literally gets COVID in the middle of him telling people not to come to protest for the very vaccines that <laughs> he's trying to it's all, force was, onto everybody. It's almost comedic mm-hmm. at this point. I, the thing is, again, look, it's not it's not about being anti-vax or not. It's the fact is 85% of Canadians are vaccinated. 90%, for instance, of Quebecers are, are, are vaccinated. We're never going to reach 100%. It's, it's, you get to this asymptote, right? 100% is an asymptote. You're never going to reach it. You have to put so much more pressure, so much more effort to maybe get people a little bit higher. There are some people who actually just will not be able to get vaccinated, right, mm. for health reasons, they're immunocompromised, et cetera. Some people cannot get vaccinated. That counts as part of that 10% or 15% that hasn't gotten the vaccine yet. So mm-hmm. we're pretty freaking close. Yeah, and even some people that may have had the first first vaccine and had some type of reaction you know even though it's a small percentage and then they don't want to opt for the second they opt out of the second vaccine where do you put these kind of people in the category sure you that's know? a really good i never even thought of that I there's no way they're getting their fucking second dose i had a friend so who had a neurological issue after the first dose mm-hmm. for whatever reason and she doesn't want to get the second and f- rightly so if, if she's terrified or nervous is she considered a terrible person or a bad person because of this Anyone would be the doing the same, probably. By the law, she is. I have a friend who also did have a neurological issue. She went to the doctor. The doctor said, oh, this is bad. Go see a specialist uh, so that they can, like, like to, to look at, you know, allergic reactions, et cetera, so that we can assess whether or not um, uh, you, 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 you did have an, a, a, an allergy to some of the additives of the vaccine. Cool. Went to uh, make an appointment, six-month wait. So it's a six-month wait. The vaccine passport has already been rolled out. She wasn't able to work. Well. She has a, you know, a friend who, who is, a, who is a, a surgeon, and uh, he was like, okay, uh, let me speak to someone. We'll try to get you in. She got in within a couple of weeks. Went to the allergist. The allergist said, oh, no, 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 you're fine, you're fine. You know what? It probably wasn't the vaccine. Um, do you want me to give you the vaccine now? You're in the hospital, so if something happens, you're in the safest place possible. Mm. She's like, well, wait, I came here to get tested to see if I have an allergic reaction. Mm-hmm. You're telling me it's not that. You're not going to test me. Uh, and you're, you're, you're trying to con- console me and convince me to take it because I'm in the hospital, so if something bad happens, I'm right here. Mm. Like, just test me. Test me first. Yeah. This is what I came here for. So even there, yeah. like you said, like what there is, 
there is a certain like resistance to the idea that maybe some people are allergic to to things or, or or are reacting to things in the vaccine and the problem is it's very difficult for a healthcare uh, practitioner to admit that if all we've been told is that they're a hundred percent safe and they're a hundred percent effective right mm-hmm. like this is the problem with really bad media that is not transparent is you get caught in this lie and then you don't really have a good way of of mitigating what happens due to the lie, Mm. right? This is one of the issues, is Mm. if we're being told time and time again that they're 100% safe, they're 100% safe, you know, they're effective, they're effective, and then it turns out, well, they're not actually that effective. Oh, and it turns out there are some people who have been getting, you know, adverse reactions. What do you do after you've told everybody the same thing over and over again? Yeah. And y- I mean, you're uh, you're you're sort of c- you're, you're you're caught in your own lie, right? And like you you're a prisoner to. But you but we're caught in the lie too. Like that's oh, a, sure. that's the point that you had. Like yeah. Like a, I'm I'm just picturing like a like a doctor who doesn't dare uh, even like you know play with the idea that mm-hmm. it might be the vaccine uh, in like a kind of self censoring way. You have oh administrators yeah, sure. and constituents sure. who are like. Don't like don't push it back on this. Like that's mm-hmm. gonna look bad mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. We're gonna we're gonna we're not gonna help you. We're not gonna protect you. They might not even have to say that. Mm-hmm. There mm-hmm. might just be some like dude who got like shit canned, like you know, right next to you, and you're like, oh, I'm gonna fall into place mm-hmm. like really fast. Mm-hmm. And I don't. I never thought of it that way. It's a really good point. Like it's not just the lie and the obvious. Let's say I don't know. It's it lies a hard word like maybe it's just what they believed at the time and there's kind of like sure. a, a lag yeah but there's just, there's so many um like we said before well like politics and everything so it's it's mm-hmm. i don't know it just makes me sad mm-hmm. well it's been very inconsistent with the information coming out and there hasn't been much uh i wouldn't say apologies but corrections yeah yeah i totally agree and that i think was the biggest mistake that these are talking heads made is that they didn't come out and humbly sh- explain themselves. Instead, they kind of doubled down on what they've been doing mm-hmm. and just pushed even harder on what they're trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a big factor in, in a lot of this as well. Yeah. And, and you know, to maybe also play devil's advocate, like this whole thing is unprecedented. Everything was happening very quickly, right? Even the fact that we're able to get any sort of vaccine within like a year mm. is is a huge scientific feat, right? Um, and so that's the thing is with more honesty, with more transparency, and, and unfortunately, this is what people will say. People say things like, if you're too honest, if you're too open, um it's very confusing and people aren't going to understand, right? People aren't going to understand that, you know, the study's only three months long and so we don't necessarily have all the long-term effects. So let's just stick to the story. And the story is that in the population that we looked at, you know, it was something like 75,000 people, mostly safe, mostly safe. Um, And in terms of long-term effects, like, of course we don't have that because 
the vaccines like we literally just rolled them out and and like you know we're printing the mrna and injecting it right into people immediately right mm. to, to to test them um just to add one other point uh i have a few friends who are doctors and some of them will some of them will say things like do you want the official uh answer or do you want my personal opinion right so for instance with things like you know i have some friends they're pregnant they're two months pregnant at the time that the vaccine came, came out at first they were saying if you're pregnant you don't have to get the vaccine and then a few months later they said okay women who are pregnant uh can get the vaccine it's completely safe don't worry about it mm. i read an article they're like and then your baby will be immune they were like do it okay i, yeah. I actually didn't know about that but the point is this the cohort of pregnant women that were administered the vaccine were in their third trimester, right? So how do you know that there are no effects in the first trimester, mm. right? When, when cells are the most fragile, right? Where there's the, le the least differentiation in terms of the cell and the cell type. Um, that study wasn't done. So they so they took the third trimester study, said, look, the babies came out fine, the mothers were fine, let's just say it's fine for all pregnant wom w women, whether it's first, second, or third tri tri trimester. So these are the kinds of things where it's like, as a doctor, you're supposed to say, yes, they're safe, they've been tested on pregnant women, but the details matter. They were tested on third trimester women, mm. not first, not women trying to conceive, right that's mm. that's a whole other thing too right trying to conceive is what pre-trimester <laughs> you yeah. know what i mean mm. yeah. uh so i mean but <coughs> the details beget questions in a way right and then you require more details so if someone's like hey look this is a new vaccine we busted our ass it's a fucking miracle we don't know if it's gonna work it's probably gonna work we don't know what it's going to be in terms of side effects. We did some small trial. Like, you know, you just go into the details that you just went into, essentially. But then it's like, okay, why? Oh, because we don't want to overrun the hospitals. Because everyone's getting sick all of a sudden, and a lot of people are scared that they are sick, and the hospitals just can't handle it. Oh, why? Because the hospitals can't handle shit every year. Oh, why? Crickets. I don't know why. I, don't, I didn't look at deep enough into it. Like... If you're if you're that five year old annoying kid that asks why, then like big daddy government's gonna be like, well, we're mismanaging your money. We lost billions of dollars over here. These guys were corrupt. Uh, we have an army. We're trying to do things with another country. Uh, we owe so much money to China. Like I, I don't know. I honestly I'm so ignorant when it comes to politics. Sure. But like, bro, it just it shows the weaknesses of an already fragile healthcare system. For instance. And it's, I mean, as a group of people, you're never going to get that to happen because there's always going to be weak links. But, like, person to person, if someone can be humble like that, then you're like, oh, you fucked up. And, like, I don't like you right now, but I trust you way more. Sure. So I might take that vaccine now mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. you're telling me to take it and you're also telling me why you're a fuck up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you, we're, ne we're never going to get that. We're just going to yeah. get them fucking up so hard. They're trying to clean their shit while they're shitting. And the mm -hmm. conservatives mm -hmm. are like vultures. Like they're like, <laughs> you guys are fucking up. We're gonna win next election. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like they're they're you know just fanning the flames. And I'm I'm I i do not want to be cynical. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't think much is gonna change if you just like grab some other, you know, Change the other wing of the bird, as they say. Yeah. Like, 
I, there's, I don't see a, a way for them to have been honest, to have treated us like intelligent people who are radically informed compared to the last generation, right? I'm point, I, point, I unconsciously pointed at my pocket because right, right, of right, cell phones. Phone, yeah. <laughs> but with the lack of accountability or correction, you get the rise or of conspiracy liability. theories. That's, that's, that's the thing, is when you aren't clear, when you don't give details, mm. those, like that information that uh, creates a void and conspiracy theories fill up those voids. That's the thing. Mm. You know, when you don't explain why, when you don't give those details, well, imaginations just run loose. You yeah. can't see the monster. It's scarier. Mm -hmm. Totally. I, I feel like a real apology... We're talking about two years ago in the making, but if something down the line, like for example, the mask thing where they said it didn't work, you don't need masks, and then they switched it right away, and it was like, forget what we said before, kind of thing. If there was a, that's a small example, but if there was like an apology, I would say explaining why their decision shifted, that probably would have gained a shit ton of trust. Obviously, short term anger, but then, okay, you, got, you guys corrected what you said, okay, whatever, that's going to create some trust. But going from one narrative to the next, and then just going like that without ever looking back, you're mm. creating all sorts of alternative theories and reasons, and then you're creating distrust. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, and so, so this is this is the tough spot I think that politicians are in. First off, their main purpose isn't to serve us; it's to get reelected. That's their main purpose, that's and that's truth. that's a big issue. Okay, but in terms of them um, acknowledging a mistake. Right, this idea of the noble lie for the masks. Mm. I don't know what the right answer is because when you admit that you've lied, then you give people the ability to use that as a precedent to not listen to you mm. in the future. Right now, they've doubled down and said, no, it's because the science wasn't out, right? Mm. The science was unclear, and then we realized uh, that masks were beneficial. Um, and anyway, you know, healthcare workers and doctors were the ones who really needed the masks. Mm. When you put it that way, you, you create a huge amount of distrust, but... You don't have people saying, remember when you lied to us and you admitted that you lied to us? How do I not know that you're lying to us now, in the future, et cetera? Mm. And I think that's this weird problem that we're in. And so lies have to be papered over with more lies so that even though we all know why they said masks don't work, um, we just don't have proof that it was because they didn't have surge protection for, for mm. PPE, right? That's, that's, that's the truth. And just like with toilet paper, everybody went nuts, mm. right? You know, imagine, like, everyone went nuts to buy toilet paper because it was, it was, you know, in short supply, high demand. And so it's like, okay, imagine that happens with masks. Mm. Um, so, so they lied about it. Again, I'm not justifying yeah. what they did. Yeah, but, it, but it gives a good reason behind it. Off topic, but how did that toilet paper thing start? Was that a man? I have crazy no. Ad I campaign? don't even remember. <laughs> I don't even remember how or why. Because if there was an ad campaign or something, that was genius. You know. Well, <laughs> just reminds me of the stock like, market, right? Like, but like people stocked people up on start, things. People get scared. People stocked up on things, but toilet paper was like the panic. 
which was so interesting. I know. Or was it the headline? Did it just happen in a couple places? I don't even know. Well, like, was it really? If you and went then to that made it worse. The know, toilet paper aisles were empty mm-hmm. the whole time. A lot of aisles were empty mm-hmm. sometimes. Though, like yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know. It's like imagine. It's kind of funny. So you had a fucking bidet the whole time. I was laughing. Right. It's <laughs> that's that's the thing of of all the things is like <laughs> when I heard that. Uh, so I have I had some friends who worked in government and and they called me on March thirteenth. That was the Friday before March sixteenth, which is when lockdown first started they're like okay the government's gonna shut down things are gonna get difficult you should stock up stock up on things okay Mm. i went to the grocery store i bought things like you know dried rice dried beans i bought things like frozen fruits because i figured that was gonna go and i was like i need to make sure i've got like vitamins and vitamin c and shit it's like i don't want to get scurvy in the middle (laughs) of winter just being and and I, I wasn't like fucking toilet paper. It's like toilet paper. <laughs> okay, so I took a huge shit. I'll just like take a shower or something. <laughs> it's like you, you have other <laughs> means of getting clean. I, maybe I thought it, it just ridiculous. looks, maybe like, you know, like it's a big package. Like one guy comes in, buys four, yeah. and there's like this void in the, in the, 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 yeah. the shelf. I you think know, it like just exposes how unprepared everyone's psyche was and how irrational you, you can become under high stress situations mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and all the conspiracy theorists were fine they all have like like they're bags all preppers they yeah, all had <laughs> their bunkers their bunkers are totally full they're like i got water for yeah. years i got food for uh, they Lord. they seemed like uh, they were on point for a while you know yeah yeah because yeah, we we didn't know be the right direc- eventually we yeah. didn't know the direction That's at the, the point so they were like fuck were they right the whole time yeah, yeah. You know? dude i remember buying like 20 kilo thing of flour i bought <laughs> i bought things like because uh, i was like i'm gonna make my own fucking bread like this yeah. was even before the whole craze it was just because i had already been making bread yeah and i was like well flour is Gotta a good source <laughs> of calories right or, or not flour but but bread is and yeah. i was just like basically what's the densest source of calories and then and then beans like like dried beans yeah. for the protein and stuff and uh and batteries, like those are the things that I had got. Was like a logical man. Frozen <laughs> fruit, fro- frozen fruits, because I figured fresh fruit was gonna get be, be hard to come by. Um, dried beans, dried rice, flour, and that's it. And 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 batteries, and it was just and then uh, like wine, like boxes of wine. <laughs> but but th- but that I knew that's not gonna last long. Yeah. There's yeah. um, I'll put this out there. Is when this first. When shit hit the fan and things locked down, it was a scary f- moment for all of Absolutely, us. Absolutely, you know, you, you'd be stupid to say you'd be a liar to say you weren't scared. Mm-hmm. Everyone had their own form of trauma about this whole thing. Mm-hmm. So, I, me and my friends were having like scared. I guess I don't even know what to do, like a circle jerk, circle jerk for fear. Mm-hmm. And we would just talk on the phone every night till like two a.m. Like, what the fuck's gonna happen? We oh, just yeah, talk. Yeah, we yeah. need to get survival bags. So we all agreed to go to a fucking Canadian Tire get a survival bag. I had like my uh, my traveling. Uh, ba- backpack that i took to thailand yeah like a 60 liter yeah i think it, yeah like 70 liter yeah, just, yeah. just so i'm like you know what? i'm gonna stack this thing up with a rope and, and if you need to go you you can I just fucking it, go yeah. it's so like put lily in the back <laughs> yeah, and you're out yeah, of there yeah because you don't know so uh, we went to canadian tire and we were just buying survival gear and we're going down the aisles of like the survival camper stuff and, and it was low it was almost empty yeah and we're like, okay let's start taking it so we're, we're taking our sit and there's two other dudes stacking up on shit too and they're like oh you're prep you're preparing it eh? and we're like yeah, I guess. Yeah. Like, yeah, us too. Good luck, man. And we, we props. Yeah. And then we go down another aisle, the gun aisle. Uh, there's like, I, I guess it's more ammunition in, in Canada, but there mm-hmm. is some gun sections. Mm-hmm. Empty. Yeah. Everything was fucking empty. All the bullets. 
It got scary, man. All the guns were scary. gone. I know. The worker was telling us, yeah, that they cleared the shelves like day one. And we're like, okay, shit hit the fan, mm-hmm. you know? And mm-hmm. that, I'll never forget that moment. It's just, we were prepping our survival bag. Two other guys were prepping it, and all the guns were missing, you know? <laughs> yeah. Good memories. Yeah, good times. But good now times. I have a survival bag, and it's super handy for any time. Yeah, I got some go waterproof. Yeah, waterproof matches. I got rope. Waterproof. Do you have like those cool straws where you can? Yeah, man, I got it all. I got like a fucking <laughs> all-weather-proof blanket that'll keep you warm. Do you have flares? Do you have flares? Fuck, I gotta get flares. Flares. There we <laughs> go. Man. There we go. <laughs> Fuck, I need a flare. And I, I, I had a shit ton of Cliff bars that I stacked in there. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Those yeah. stay good for a while, like. Like a year. I'll eat that shit ten years later. I'll give a fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, you yeah it's the uh, best before. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the it's, best before it's a suggestion. A yeah, it's <laughs> that a thing's suggestion. Good for years, yeah. for decades, man. Oh, oh yeah. Jesus! Should we go through the thing? Should we? Yeah, watch yeah. Thing? Let's watch the thing, and then I could show you guys some of the photos uh, if you guys want. Yeah, maybe I'd we'll we'll do a little slideshow even. We'll cool. See. Yeah. yeah. Okay, everyone, we'll be back. You don't know that, but we know that. Ciao. What? Learned. Oh, this year's house. I was doubling it up. Double my yeah. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> Let's not put that in. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> and we're back. So, uh, do we talk about the vote quickly? We'll just Let's go over this fucking bad news. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So essentially, the down. Emergencies Act is going to continue. So, uh, what was it? 181 to 150 something. Yeah. Yeah. So we're still under a state of emergency, everybody. So I think till February 28th. Was it something like that? February 28th is when the House of Commons is going to deliberate. Um, Whether to continue or not? I, I, or d- I don't even know. Yeah. Uh, like Viva Frey was saying, this has to go to Senate now, and uh, it might be g- turned down there, but... Highly unlikely. Yeah, I don't know, because if the Emergencies Act is enacted after it goes to Senate, uh, Justin Trudeau had asked for 30 days. So... Mm. So 30 days from last Monday. And like we said before, that gives them the power to freeze bank accounts. Um, with no court order. No court order. No, yeah. Uh, do you know any other off the top of your head or just if whoever's listening, maybe just go research and verify? Yeah, I would say yeah. look look it up. I think that's what we need to do after yeah. this. It's nothing good, that's for sure. Yeah. Oh, what they can do... Uh well, I don't know. That's the that's the scary one. That's like not gonna turn heads, you know. They can freeze you know, assets. Yeah, th- freeze assets. Yeah, um, but think about that as if you're a family and you attended these protests, and the the fucking cops have footage of you, and then they do they enact the emergency act and decide to freeze your account, and now you have no access to money. Yeah. You know. So what what what's your next step? But they they can also throw you in jail by decreeing things now. So that yeah. becomes instant law, and it's like yeah. you're not allowed to protest this way or in this place. Or and you're if you flagged. Do, you're fucked. Or you're flagged for the rest of your life now. You know, like, yeah. like and they can maybe detain. Like we were you joking. Can, we can look it up after. I'm we sure there's like a com- comprehensive article or something. Yeah, but like we were saying before, uh, while we're watching, like you you were documenting it then, and now it, in theory, because you were there, you could be part of this whole thing or whatever they're trying to implement. So that's like... Yeah, and like I said before, the um, the head of Ottawa police did say that that's what they're going to do. They're going to pursue everybody that they, that they can identify. And I know that they can identify me because I was speaking to police officers. Mm-hmm. At one point, there was the cop with the camera looks at me, points at me, and goes like this, 
And so I wave. He said he takes a picture. He goes like that, and he goes like that, like thank you. So it's like hmm. you're kind of like baiting me to take a picture, yeah. and then so that you can use this to prosecute me later. It's 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 weird. Yeah. Anyway. Hmm. Um, yeah. So I mean, I guess the first thing I'll do really quickly is um, show you some of the work that I had done, which was picked up by a few uh, media outlets. Sweet. Just for the audio listeners, if you want to switch to YouTube, uh, the timestamp from here on till the future, I don't know what, what our time will be. Let's say about 57 minutes in, uh, go into the YouTube channel and you can watch this if you want to see his work. If not, we'll try to describe it audio to the audio listeners, but it's really worth checking out visually. Mm. So uh, the second week, um, I wasn't actually supposed to go to the convoy. Uh, but I just didn't feel like I could stay in Montreal when something historic is happening mm. just 200 kilometers away. Um, I was supposed to meet up with a bunch of friends and have dinner, and then my wife and I were talking that Thursday night, and she's like, you really need to go. This is important. So don't feel bad. Tell your friends why you can't you know, meet up and, and explain to them and tell them that you're going to see them, you know, we'll reschedule. It's not a big deal. And I was like, okay, okay, that's what I'll do. And then I had set out to do a certain kind of portrait project because, again, <coughs> um, mainstream media was essentially slandering all of the people at the protest. And what I wanted to do is show their humanity mm. and give them some dignity that mainstream media was not affording them, hmm. okay? So at first, uh, I had set out to photograph in a style by uh, a, a photographer called Richard Avedon. There's a really well-known um, photo essay that he did. It's called uh, The American West, and what he did was he went out and he photographed people in something like 130 different towns. And these were just, you know, shirt off your back, salt of the earth, working class people. And that's why that sort of um, was influencing the style that I want to shoot at. Mm. So what he did was he had this white background, almost like what you see sort of like uh, high key fashion right now. You see people like... In 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 their in their clothes, you know what whatever fashion clothes. <laughs> I sound like an idiot, and and just like a white <laughs> background with like a, a hard spotlight type of a flash. Okay. And so he did something like that, but it was using natural light. He used a really old camera. This was done back in like the sixties or the seventies, but he used a large format camera. You guys could look up what that is. It's just a huge camera. Those old school cameras with like that accordion in the front and like the. Mm scoop on their on their back and anyways it gives you a lot of really great um detail but when i got there and i had my my flash i had my white um drape uh, i spoke to one of the truckers and i was like can i put this on the side of the truck to have portraits taken he said absolutely for sure so uh my wife and i tried to set it up but it was so cold it was like minus 25 that day there was no way to stick the fabric onto the wall of the truck. 
Mm. It was so cold that the the you know tape was like ungluing. Mm. So I had to sort of like shift gears really quickly and just find an interesting spot to take the portraits. And so I decided to take the portraits in front of this Peterbilt grill. Uh, Peterbilt is a type of truck. I just want to note for the audio listeners, like mm-hmm. that's a great point is like how cold it was, how cold it is right now in Canada. And oh, that, yeah. And that yeah. these people have been there for the past three weeks. Yeah. Voicing their real concerns and standing up for what they believe in, in these harsh conditions. We even went through like a couple uh, blizzards in the past uh, three weeks. And that's yeah, and it was, I mean, a, f- a week ago it was, a g- it got warmer, which was really nice. It was like, mm. you know, zero, minus five. But the first week it was minus 25, minus 30. The second weekend I was there, it was minus 20, minus 25. You know, like you're in the shade and it's minus 25. You're in the sun, it's like minus 20. And then this past weekend, um, it was probably about minus 15 or so during the day, minus 20 at night. Uh, so I actually have frostbite on my right foot, and oh, my, my, my two toes are still numb. Really? Because my, my feet were just numb uh, for like six hours. I was there from about 2 p.m. till uh, 9, 9.30. And uh, I mean, I'll come back. But like just to give you an idea of how cold it is, you know, I'm wearing yeah. winter boots and... Um, you know, snow pants and, and two layers and scarves and hats and all that stuff. And it was freezing. Um, anyway, so this was actually the first portrait I took. Again, this is not the look I wanted for these portraits, but I had to make do with what was going on and what I had access to. And originally, I actually wanted the participants to look directly at the camera. Mm. But this is the first photo that I took. And I saw the look in her eyes, this sense of dignity and pride. And I just said, this is how I'm going to make all the portraits. I'm going to have them not look at the camera. I'm going to have them look. She was actually looking to Parliament. Parliament was just over my right shoulder. And I was like, that's it. So again, it's funny. You you set out to do something. You have a vision of what it's going to look like why you want it to look that way and all that stuff. And then you get there and you have to adapt and you kind of take what comes to you mm. and you just like surf what comes to you, right? I wanted, you know, you, you, you can't be so rigid that you don't um, accept these kinds of mm. opportunities in a sense, right? Yeah. So, yeah, this this was the first portrait. I'm not going to go through all of them. I just want to ask you, though, because, th- like, this truck seems to be, I wouldn't say outdated, but more vintage. Is it, is it just the angle? No, 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 no. So it's a, it's an older-looking truck. Mm. That's why I picked it, because it looked like it had so much character. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like I said, I think it's a Peterbilt. That's the brand of, of truck. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's not like one of those more modern Volvos or Macs or with, like, a plastic grill and, like, the new lights, so... This yeah. is why I picked it. It's, it's fucking perfect. It, it's super nice. Yeah. It's super nice. And actually, interesting, in right here, this this reflection there in mm-hmm. the grill, that's my flash. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? So, yeah. I, so imagine, I walk into the middle of this protest. I've got this big ski bag, which is where I put my C-stands. C-stands are just like heavy metal stands. Mm. I've got a 25-pound sandbag. I've got my flash. <laughs> I've got my, my roller and like again, it's a full blown. I think the second week was more busy than the first week, mm. because the second weekend everyone saw how great it was on the first weekend. Everyone saw that there was no threat of violence. 
everyone saw that all walks of life were were going to the protest and participating. Yeah, it wasn't just a bunch of racist, violent truckers. You know, it wasn't like mm. the guy with the leather jacket and the Harley. No, no, it was just Canadians, like mm. real Canadians. You know, all nationalities, right. families, kids, whatever. And so the second weekend was so full. Um, and 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 it was cool to go the second weekend and see some of the same truckers who were there and some of the same like she she was there the first weekend that's why I recognized her and I said oh I I took a photo of you you were on stage last weekend she's like yeah 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 so she was the first person to sit down and and she's actually sitting down on my camera case mm. uh, again to to frame them within the um, the grill of the truck because otherwise they would be too high and. Um, so this this set of photos, I took 50 photos in total. I'll just show you some of my favorite ones. So you know, here's one of the photos. I'm gonna try to remember so that yeah. I'll give you just the photos that I that I go through. Sweet. This one's just. That's my personal favorite. That's my favorite photo. This guy is just. I mean, he looks like Canada. He's embodying Canada. Yeah. It's yeah. For all those listening, like really switch over to YouTube because this is this photo has been starred in a few subtracks, uh, Substack. Sorry, I yeah. think uh, I think it was the headline was this photo, yeah, or yeah. or the other one. I'm not so sure. so this one. So after I came back, I was like, I need people to see this. So I opened a Reddit account and I tried to post this on the Ottawa Substack um, sub Reddit. Something. And uh, they didn't allow me to post this stuff because obviously this instills hate, right? You know, mm. a mm. portrait of a man. Yeah. It's just so they just blocked it. So then I was like, <laughs> okay, I don't, I don't know Reddit, but I know Jordan Peterson. So I went on his subreddit and I posted the pictures from the protest. I posted these portraits and he retweeted these. Yes. So he retweeted, it was like a, it was like a, a selection of 20. And then I didn't even know, <laughs> this is the funny thing, is I didn't even know that he re or, or tweeted my photos. But that's why I put it there. I was like, I don't know uh, uh, Reddit, and I know him, and it would be great if people could see it if, if you know, they pick it up. Hmm. And then I also had emailed Brett Weinstein and Heather Haying, Haying, I hope I'm saying it right. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, uh, from the Dark Horse podcast, and and she replied to me. Yeah. She answered me um, like three, two or three hours after I sent out the email. It was like one or two in the morning, and I, and I get the email, right? Because I'm just pacing. I'm like not going to bed because I just need this to come out. So I'm emailing as many people as I can, and then she answers me, and I woke up my wife, and I'm like. Heather emailed me back. This is ridiculous, <laughs> no and I was like, I, I, I like, I've been listening. I've been listening to these people since like 2016, 2017. Yeah, yeah it's and I'm like, this is insane, right? For sure. Uh, and then she's like, you know, I love your photos. Thank you so much. Can I use them for one of my articles? I was like, absolutely. So we wrote each other like a dozen times or so, and we were just asking each other questions of like, what are our thoughts and feelings about what's going on? And, and, mm. and how, like, what are we thinking? Like, what, what was I thinking? And then I was like asking her some questions. And one of my questions was after taking these portraits is like, how do we know when what we're doing is correct? Right. How do we know what we're doing is right? Mm. 
and we're not just sort of take being taken advantage of. And essentially, rather than answering me in an email, she said, I'm going to, I've been thinking about your question. It's a noble question. And so that's going to be the topic of my, my Substack, and 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 if it's okay with you, I'm going to use your portraits at the end of it. And I said, absolutely, well, go for it. So she answered the question. She put these photos, and then the next day, Barry Weiss uh, messages me on Twitter, and I had like nine followers at that point because I was like, okay, I'll open a, a Twitter account and I'll post mm. it there. And she's like, can like your photos are amazing? Can I use them for one of my pieces? And I was like, hold on. Barry Weiss is asking me. Yeah, like, of course, of yeah. course, we'll talk. So we we email each other back and forth a few times, and then sh the piece was written by. Um, I really don't want to get the name wrong. Um, her name is Rupa. She's the one who actually wrote the piece. Um, if you guys go on my Twitter, you'll see the the piece and and the person who wrote it. And um, when that went out. I went from nine followers on Twitter to over a thousand. Well, nice. Man. And now I'm at like fourteen hundred because of this work, because of Barry who posted some of my work, mm. Rupa who posted my work. Glenn Greenwald took that piece, reposted that. So Glenn Greenwald's the guy who broke the the Snowden story. Mm. Uh, again, Peterson retweeted uh, Rupa's story. So a lot, a lot, a lot of people have have. Connected with the photos, connected with the story. Rupa essentially spent almost every day for two weeks talking to some of the protesters, interviewing them, asking them why are they why why are they here, you know, why is this important to them? Mm. And so you actually get the, you know, firsthand experience of these people along with with these portraits, right? I I was out there for about three and a half, four hours just taking these portraits. I wouldn't have had time no. to interview people at the same time. So you really have to pick your strength, and this is my strength. And mm. Rupa was able to um, interview people. This is... Uh, so this is Ben Amarand. He's been there also for... Uh, most of the protest he's a videographer um so him and i have connected and and he started this thing called unseen docs so you guys could look at look look him up unseen docs as in documentaries mm. and he's been there and he's been filming speaking to people taking photos and uh yeah he's done a lot of great work and what's great is he actually connected a whole bunch of photographers and videographers that he met on Telegram, and so now we're all connected, mm. and so that was thanks thanks to Ben. Very cool. This it was uh, Rupa Subramanya. Subramanya, yeah. Which is Thank like you. the name of a god. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. It's like another name of Brahman or something. Oh wow. Uh, again, this is just one of my favorite portraits as well. This guy actually had a broken femur. He's walking around the protest with his friends. And they're helping him around. He has crutches, um, and and yeah, he's just you know a blue collar worker from from Quebec, Sebastien. Is his eyes red? No, no, they're brown. Like, that's like that's the, yeah. Like a like the, it's just like a. No homo. He's got great eyes. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, uh, <laughs> he's. Uh, I love he's, this guy's eyes. Man. He's he's got a beautiful gaze. Yeah. 
with the hat too, man. He's just it says mm-hmm. it it says it all right there. Mm-hmm. This this uh, he's he's a um, uh, a veteran. His name is Alex. And uh, again, I I saw him and I had my wife like chase after him because I was like I want him in the photo. And then he was a super good sport. He's also been there um, present m- most days of the protest. And uh, you know the reason he's there is because. He fought for Canada. He fought for our freedoms, and now he sees them being taken away by a tyrannical prime minister. I gotta say about this photo, there's just so much texture because everything is neutral, like the same colors as all the other photos. And then through his glasses, you mm-hmm. just get a whole different story. Yeah, and you see the crowd behind. You know, you can see. You can see me in the reflection, right? That's me taking the photo. Oh yeah. And then this is Parliament over there, right? Yeah. That's that's Parliament. Uh, that's so cool. And this is you could see how this is a truck that's behind me, sort of parked the uh, the the in the same direction, right? So you're seeing the wheels of the truck behind. Mm. So yeah, I, th- th- <laughs> I had some people on Reddit be like, uh, "I thought you took portraits of people in a studio, and then you photoshopped it onto a truck." But then I realized that the background kept changing, yeah. right? And that there's reflections in their glasses. I was like, yeah, this is like done <laughs> in the middle of the protest. And people are like, how did you fucking do that in the middle of the fucking protest? And it's like, well, find a little corner, set up your, your lights, and, uh, and, and you can do it. Yeah. That's, a, that's incredible. Figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Another one. So this is Joni. I don't know why, but I love this photo of her. Again, she just seems... I don't know, like peaceful. Hmm. And then what's also interesting is as the day went on, the light in the back changed. So it got darker in the back. Hmm. So again, you could see how there's different protesters behind the truck, but there's also a lot less light. So for instance, there's actually some... um, This is actually the sun sort of flaring on my lens. Yeah. which is why you see that kind of thing because the sun sort of sets over here and then there's taller buildings and it sets behind there. <coughs> um, I'll show you a few more. Oh, this guy was... He's from Laval. I like this guy. He's... Uh, yeah, he was there with... This is a, an Armenian flag. Unfortunately, you can't see it. I tried to get it into frame but there just wasn't that much room and he kept moving his arm out. So he had a Canadian flag, an Armenian flag. And, uh, yeah, he was, he was a riot. He was just going on the top of, uh, like, uh, like, like mountains of snow and just like waving both his flags and just like yelling like freedom. He seems like a guy with great stories. Yeah. Like a good company. Yeah. Do you remember what he did for a living? Like the, the, well, so he he said uh, now he doesn't do this anymore. But so I gave him my card, and he's like, uh, "Yeah, do you do weddings?" And I was like, "I have done weddings." He's like, "I used to be a DJ. I'll get you some business." <laughs> and I was like, "All right, <laughs> man. Thanks, thanks, man." Um, That's unexpected. I was not thinking <laughs> DJ. Yeah, so he was like a you know a, an event and wedding DJ. He said for for over ten years. So. Wow. <laughs> um, oh man, this this guy. I mean, he just. Oh man, it's just the colors are beautiful, you know, the fluorescent blue, fluorescent pink, neon. Yeah. And uh, so for those who are just listening, yeah, he's wearing this like super 
90s uh, snowsuit get up and his name's Brock. He's, I'd say, like mid 50s, late 50s. Um, yeah, fantastic, beautiful man. Yeah. I wonder, like, it, it it's just like a childlike palette, you know? Like mm-hmm. that, so I wonder mm-hmm. if his character was like that. Uh, no, no, that's actually the thing. I, I spoke to him a little bit and, and he was he was very nice, but he wasn't this, like, from what he's wearing, you'd think he's, like, super outgoing and childlike and, and no, he was, he was just a regular guy. He's just like, yeah, just Brock. So this is Katie. She, so she is what you just described. She, like, sees us and she hugged me and my wife and she was so happy that we're there and she was just, she was like uh, uh, just a little uh, bundle of lightning. She was just this like, like a Pikachu, just like, bzz, 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 like super wow. energetic, super positive. Um, and her and I have, have interacted a little bit um, on Instagram and stuff. And she's been following my work now. And, and she she was really nice. And she was there with, with her friend, Zach, who was also... A good sport about is it. She wearing, is she wearing a, a Canadian flag as a cape? Yeah, her <laughs> and Zach. I'll show you. Uh, a, a lot of people were doing that, you know? So this guy was doing it as well. He's got one of those, like, coureur des bois kind of a hat, and he's got the cape on. Mm. The, the, sorry, the Canadian flag as a cape. Um, this is Zach, right? Katie's friend also had uh, the Canadian flag. And then this is another one which... So this is Odia, was her name, and she was uh, also from Quebec. And yeah, she's wearing like a Canadian flag under her her scarf. And I mean, like we saw her and we're like, oh man, she just looks good. (laughs) You know, again, so she's, um, I think she's from the Caribbean. Uh, But again, she's like 50 or so. Right. So you could see that that, you know, she's lived through things and but she had this energy again. She just Mm -hmm. came up and she was just all smiling. And um, and again, it's kind of like that island vibe energy where very warm, very welcoming. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And she had great skin. I mean, come on. Phenomenal. (laughs) Beautiful woman. Yeah. So anyway, this these these are the photos that really got people paying attention to my work. Um, and, uh, and so that was great. That was great. I was able to get connected with, with people who can then tell the story that I couldn't tell and use my photos as, as a medium to, um, Mm. to tell those photos. Yeah. This is Randy. Um, I loved his eyes. Yeah. And again, he was a sweet, like humble, soft-spoken man. And when I asked him if I could photograph him, he was like, Why? And I was like, well, I want to photograph all kinds of different people. And I was like, and you have really nice eyes. And then he was like very shy and very bashful. <laughs> I and I was no like, he looks like he's right. And, he, and the thing is, is like, he totally did. He totally does, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, he just doesn't think so. And wow. so. I mean, but these pictures are like, you know, that effect, like, you know, people thought it was a studio, like. Just the the brightness. So you feel like you could reach out and touch these people, man. And the truck in the background is so, you know, thematic. It's so it's so good. It's so like sure. It's it's like um, 
it's almost like duh, you know, it's like it's in the picture now, you know, you yeah, can't yeah. escape the, no. the theme, the, the, the venue, the, the event, you know, that's it. And, you know, I'm happy that it didn't turn out the way I wanted it to, because <laughs> right? I think I think it's better. Hallelujah. For real. I think it's better. Um, so anyways, that was week two. OK. And then I could. not So which one gave you COVID? <laughs> 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 right. <laughs> I have no idea. But you know what? Thank you to whoever did because now I got your booster. I got my mega booster. <laughs> so I'm just gonna go over. I'm not gonna go over all of these because there's a lot. And okay. again, for your viewers, it's gonna be way too long. But so this, you know, the the Freedom Convoy, the occupation, it had sort of sprawled out to I'd say something like twelve blocks. Okay, so that's like four blocks across and three blocks down. Okay, that's 12 square blocks. And so on Friday, the police came in and compressed everybody who was in the area towards Parliament. And whoever didn't want to get out of their trucks, they broke the windows and opened the trucks and forcibly pulled them out. And what the police did was they just compressed everyone in and then they set up a perimeter with vehicles and uh, police officers. So you couldn't get in, right? They've compressed everyone and they concentrated them. And then all the trucks were then left um, vacant, which was really eerie. Mm. And I, so this was me climbing up onto the roof of a building and getting as close as I can without getting seen. I, it was pretty cool because I felt like I was playing a video game because the cops had drones. They had like flying, like, like, not little drones, like we're talking big drones about the size of like a, probably about four feet across with like six uh, propellers. Okay. Uh, and, you know, heavy duty cameras. And, you know, it makes sense. Rather than having a helicopter, which is slow, expensive, you need two people to man it or more if, 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 you're, if you're manually manning cameras and stuff. They, they had drones that were out and they had like two or three drones just surveying. Uh, so I was kind of like, you know, Playing, playing a bit of a video game, trying to make sure I'm not seen by people on the ground, and it's like splinter cell. Yeah, and and <laughs> being being uh, unseen by the uh, the drones, and so this is what I'm talking about. They compressed everyone towards Parliament, uh, and this is these are some of the horses that they were using. Um, we all know that story. Yeah, and and you know I spoke to my friend again, and he's like, well, the thing is. Uh, the reason why um, police use horses is because they're very good at controlling crowds, but they're only used for riots, or they're supposed to be implemented for riots. Mm. So maybe it was preemptive. Maybe they thought pe there was going to be a lot more resistance. There was not. And so they took out uh, pe uh, you know, police on horseback because you can't really resist uh, you know, a 1,000-pound horse, horse with a 200-pound rider. The way it looked like, I mean, first they say it's illegal to have kids there. So you know they're going to start throwing tear gas in a couple of days or something like that, right? Right, yeah. And then they, so like, then they have these people with like, you know, all the gear and they're literally holding a line, like the fucking 300. And like the horses come in front where they make space between the people. They mm -hmm. tell them to stay back or they're going to freaking bash them essentially. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're, they're not, you know, I mean, cops are not like all horrible, but they're, you know, they're doing their job, which is kind of fucked up in this moment. Mm -hmm. And they're pushing people away, making sure they have room. The horses come in to make that room, like to use that room. And then they have a little more room to move, move forward. Mm -hmm. Then they get everybody in one space mm -hmm. and essentially, you know, 
for better or worse, do what they want with them. Yeah. And get them, like you said, uh, vacate, compress, disperse. Yeah, yeah. So what they did was, like, everything that you're saying. And then the reason that they do that, especially at riots, is because once you've kind of cordoned off a crowd, it's really easy to arrest people uh, because they don't have anywhere to go. Mm. And you can sort of surround them and overwhelm them with numbers and force. Uh, and so they did also arrest, um, yes, these, these are the horses on their way in. This is the next day. So they did also uh, arrest something like 200 people, uh, but they didn't charge them with anything. They just put them in these like quick ties, right? These almost like handcuffs, but they're plastic. Mm. And I saw a lineup of like 200 people and they just kind of like, you know, had them had them standing around in the cold for a long time. They processed some kind of paperwork and then they let them go. Mm. Again, I don't know the details of what was happening. So this is the next day. This is Saturday. This is around 2 o'clock. And already this is on Spark Street, which is, I think, one street or it could be two streets south of Wellington. So they've, at this point, already gone from Parliament and pushed everybody out and away from Parliament, and they've made a line. And so here you've got, this is called a Bearcat. It's uh, it's an armored vehicle with a turret on top. I don't know what the turret was. I don't know if it was rubber bullets. I don't know if it could have also been some sort of a, uh, like a pepper spray. I don't know if it could have also been, uh, they're called LRADs, which is like this uh, sound disruption device. Mm. Um I don't your eardrums? No, no. It, 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 it just kind of makes you lose bodily function. Like, you just can't <laughs> it's like sound think. Waves. Yeah, it's just sound Jeez. waves that are directed at, at people. And they're very, they're, they're collimated, too. So it's not just spread out to, every, like, they could point it pretty Whoa. accurately to a small section of a crowd. And it just, like, makes you not able to think, hear, whatever. Um, and, and people just kind of get very disoriented. Some people throw up. It's this really weird sound uh, weapon, which is cool and and non-destructive, which is really nice. So yeah. Yeah. it's like, get out of here, or I'll make you very uncomfortable. Well, it's like I'd rather vomit from sound than get be tased or something. Yeah, or or, or or beaten and dragged uh, by five cops. Right. I saw one time, um, you know, a long time ago there, those, those uh, student protests at the Red Square and everything. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. There was a cop. There was someone like annoying a cop car, and they were trying to kind of keep it in a direction like per, like a parade like stay on where you're supposed to go mm -hmm. and he had this thing like it's just a squad car like a normal cop car but it just went like it went like oof like this huge like oof, like this low like beat and okay. it just the girl just went oh and like ran away from the car and I mean I was like half a block away like in a, a window but I just I, I went like, like well felt I was it. that yeah. yeah I don't know what that was I never looked it up I don't know what that was but it just uh -huh. went like oof. yeah oof. and I just went okay they can do that yeah, I mean, they can do that. And and the other thing, too, is so th this he, he was actually a paramedic uh, and he was pepper sprayed like he, uh, he was volunteering there as a he, uh, by profession. He's a paramedic. He was there as a protester so and they pepper, they pepper sprayed him. So this. Well, I'll show you something closer. So this guys I was talking about. Yeah. This. Was extremely intimidating. Hmm. Uh, and. That is what I was going to get at is when we started hearing them firing at the crowds with these, I don't know if they're like rubber 
grenades or, 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 or tear gas grenades or something. But that noise is also extremely jarring and intimidating. Um, so I could t only imagine, like, if you're right next to this squad car and the whole thing just goes into this, like, mm. But, um, yeah, this, this is the kind of thing. This is the kind of thing where I was like, what the fuck is going on? Mm. This is like, for people listening, this is like stormtrooper shit. We're looking at a bunch of cops. You're wearing gas um, masks. Yeah, gas masks, this heavily reflected visor. That is oh, sorry. Bulletproof vests. Yeah, and, and yeah, one like of them... This looks like a machine gun. Like, obviously it's not, but it's... Well, for someone who's never seen a gun well, This is like some automatic weapon with a sight and everything. Like this, that's yeah. murder this weapon, but that's a camera. This oh, yeah. This, this guy's like a selfie this stick. This guy has a camera, <laughs> yeah. Well, so, yeah, so he, he uh, he's kind of what I was talking about before. People videoing and taking photos of the crowd. But, yeah, he very well could have had... Uh, this could be, like, live ammo. Um, you know, they also have handguns. Hmm. But... Um, I only saw and interacted with people with whether it were rubber bullets or canisters that they were firing at us. Um, Did they fire it? Yeah. Wait. Yeah, I'll get to that. So I don't know what kind of gun that is or if it's only sort of like a crowd dispersion hmm. uh, weapon. I don't okay. know. But I don't know. It just It just seemed like a very strange sight to be at your nation's capital during a protest and this is what you're met with this is another man who was pepper sprayed um this guy just uh, again it's sometimes you see p certain kinds of faces and you just yeah. you just connect with how they look um again so this was a group of i'd say maybe five or six sikh men uh i don't know if they're truck drivers or not but they were sort of singing songs uh in their in their language they were they had flags and uh yeah they were there and uh like i said they're they're a group of um six or so that's a cool picture job, bro. yeah so that's it i was trying to get the reflection of the police the glasses, in the glasses you bring so much emotion and understanding just from reflection like, like tension in yeah. the photo mm. like really yeah really well done Again, just a lot of so she was a she was a school teacher who was just pleading with the police, telling them that uh you know she's lost her job, she can't uh teach the kids that she loves uh she's she feels like she's a criminal, she feels like she has no rights, and this she was just again just pleading to the police and this is another woman who was doing the same. And I feel like some of the um, police were not happy with what they were brought in to do. Mm. So you can see that this guy's from, from Calgary. Mm. Um, you're going to see different patches from, from different places. And um, I don't know if it's the photo, but he definitely looks like he's uh, remorseful there. Yeah. Contemplative, at least. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I, I took photos of him because he was right in front of them and he was listening. This is the weird thing is we would talk to the police and the police were talking to us like we're normal people, like they're normal people. Mm. And then with the flip of a switch, they just start yelling and checking into us with their batons. Like there's just a line in the sand or someone's it, talking to them. No, yeah, it's just like 
you know, they get orders from behind, like, oh, okay, now we have to push, boom, and they just start hitting and pushing and yelling, and then that's when the guy will see the photos of the guy, and this is what was happening most of the time. Music was being played, people were dancing, um, and everyone was just saying, you know, peace and singing the national anthem, mm. and uh, I, I do think it was difficult for some of these police officers, who, again, they're, they're people, they have families and they're there and they're 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 told to you know turn on um civilians who are completely peaceful at least the section that I was on like I said I was on Banks and Spark Street um and um yeah you had people with big loudspeakers just playing music and dancing and then we'd break into chants of like freedom, liberté, uh, we'd sing the national anthem. This guy was at the back just sort of saying to everybody, you're in the right place, you're doing the right thing, mm. we're here for Canada and he has stickers on his megaphone, it says love heals. Um, and then this is this is this is the face that we see preventing us from protesting, preventing us from walking on parliament grounds. And so this is one of those kind of grenade launchers mm -hmm. that it's it it lobs like either it's a a large rubber grenade or uh tear gas. Like they pepper sprayed us a few times. I was never directly pepper sprayed, but you smell it in the air and like it, it, it made people cough and disperse because mm -hmm. you, you just can't breathe. Again, people just, you know, dancing, singing. <coughs> and some people came prepared. <laughs> this guy's got a gas mask ready. Yeah. This guy's great. Yeah, he's got great eyes too. Wow. I wish he was there the on week yeah. two. That he he, he would have been a great subject. He's great. Some people, yeah, they just have it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's and it's funny because some people, you see them, like I'm starting to learn this slowly. Um, people who might look regular, I could see how they would look interesting or, or, or something would, would, would stand out more in a photo. Mm. Um, so. That's, uh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So, you know, this is nightfall now. Um, and essentially it's hard to explain with these photos because these are mostly portraits of people from the crowd. Uh, he was a pastor and so he started sort of, um, reciting verses of the Bible and saying that, uh, you know, again, there's, there's all different kinds of, you know, all, all walks of life are there and how it's our God given right to be free in Canada and, you know. So the photos I took before were behind this line, okay? And so this was an intersection. So they had lines of cops here, here, and here. And so what they did was they just pushed out and made three streets, you know, kind of funneled into one street. And like I said, every few hours, they would just be told, go, push, and then they would just, like, push us through and push us back. Well, let me ask you: when they're when they're condensing you guys into like this bundle, is there a way out if someone wants to leave? So that's what I was worried about because we're just focused on them, 
And then at a certain point when they're pushing, pushing, I was like, what the fuck's behind me? Right. Mm. So like I said, th- they were pushing us, not condensing us. That was on Friday. They were mm. actually dispersing us away and out I see. from parliament grounds. Okay. So behind us was the rest of Ottawa. I see. Right. So you could get there actually mm. from like anywhere by foot. Uh, they, they had like, let's say five blocks south of this. They had police cars and blockades. Um, so, so yeah, which was different from Friday, Friday, they had that, but you couldn't go in and they were compressing people towards Mm. parliament. So yeah, this is kind of like the lines that were made by the police. You know, you had like three, four rows of cops and behind them, you had all kinds of trucks and other police that would sort of sub in and they would just like rotate. And again, the protesters were peaceful and I have to be 100% honest with what I saw that the cops did. They could have destroyed us and they didn't. Hmm. They pushed us back with force, but it was never the full extent that they had access to and I think it was measured okay I can't like it was frightening and it like adrenaline was high I'll I'll show you this set of photos that I took from on top of a bus shelter at some point but I did not see anybody get beat down trampled pulled away People were getting checked, like in hockey, with their batons. A few cops swung at people to get them back because they were just passively standing and resisting, and they were pushing them back. We got, like I said, pepper sprayed. We got hit with um, tear gas or rubber grenades. Again, like they were shooting almost point blank at people at their backs, and these people weren't going down, right? So they're, they were using means that hurt, that made people go away, but that were not... Really harmful <sighs> or lethal. Or exactly. Yeah. Mm. And it's, it's like... Could have been worse. It's, n- it's not that it could have been worse. I think it's just... Uh, I, like yet yesterday, I, I, I was a little bit... Like, I was thinking about it again, and I, what... What was hitting me the most is that they could have done whatever they wanted, right? The monopoly of violence was in front of us. And they had access to real weapons. They had armored vehicles. They could have destroyed us, and they did not. We didn't give them a reason to, right? The, the protest was peaceful, you're going to see some photos of people kneeling, praying for the police, mm. showing signs of peace. Um, so they couldn't justify uh, completely, uh, you know, charging at the crowd. And they didn't. They, they slowly, methodically, and with measure pushed us back and... They did that in order so that they could erect walls around the streets. So here's one of these, like I just call him the tank because he was just walking around fully decked out Mm. and just he was really aggressive. This guy was super aggressive too and he's from Vancouver and they were just like, they're just like body checking. 
But at the same time, I'm telling you, they could have done anything they wanted. They could have, they could have just taken fire trucks and sprayed the protesters with water, and we wouldn't have lasted two hours because it's yeah. minus twenty. They could have just done that. And it's over. Really, like we would have been completely covered in ice. Yeah. You know, they could have just sprayed the whole crowd with mace, just like with a jet of mace. They could have done that. They didn't do it. So I have to be honest. So this is I'm like front. And I'm like, I just don't want my camera to break. Mm. So they're charging. And I'm just like running back and just like yeah. one-handing it. Uh, <laughs> because, and I'm like, okay, you could hit me. It's going to suck. But I just don't want my camera to break. <laughs> Cameras yeah. don't heal. No. You're a pro, man. No. Yeah, so he's getting checked. Yeah, I think he got tripped down. Um, he, he's, he, was, he got hit a few times. Billy clubs, like it's just wood. Yeah, it's just wood with a leather strap on one end. Again, so that you know they won't lose it if if someone tries to pull it out. Um, and they would just advance whenever they were told to advance, and they would push the crowd. And this is what most of the protesters that I was around were mm. giving back, just peace. So this guy climbed up onto a bus stop, and I was like, first off, love the hat, love the beard, love the flag. And uh, and after he came down, I was like, I'm going to go up there. So then I climbed up, and so this is me from the top of the bus shelter. And uh, you can you can very um, distinctly see the the division between the protesters and the police. And then this this was, you know, a great angle uh, with this lone protester facing off the police. Anyway, I didn't show any, uh, uh, put any of the photos of. At some point, the police line rushed past the bus shelter, so they went this way, and I was on the top of the bus shelter, and I'm like, holy fuck, I'm behind enemy lines. Oh, <laughs> so then. And then they put the spotlight on me and I was like, holy shit. So I just like put my hands up and I'm just like, and then two cops are looking at me and they're like, are you media? And I was like, yeah, I'm media. I'm taking photos. They're like, all right. So they let me down. They both grab me like shoulder, shoulder. And they just like drive me through. They And I'm going through like three, four, five lines of cops and Jeez. they're just pushing me aside and then they just like throw me on the other side. Jeez. And I was like, cool you know it's like i wasn't gonna fucking fight back <laughs> i was like yo man i'm on the other side because you guys p pushed past the uh, bus shelter that's wild <laughs> yeah uh but again you know they 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 were aggressive assertive they helped me down and then they just pushed me out and that was it right mm. Te technically they could have done whatever they wanted they could have just right there arrested me mm. you know i was picked off from the crowd yeah um wow. i didn't see any arrests that's the other thing you know I saw some people, like I said, getting getting roughed roughed up. I was a little roughed up because I was at the front, um, but m you know it's like they were checking and it like hit my hand or something, and I'm fine. And I'm not saying it's like it's okay. I'm what what, what I'm and this is kind of it's almost like this uh, you know uh, Stockholm syndrome kind of thing. I'm just like they they could have done so much worse and they didn't, and so I appreciate that. You know that's. Well, I think it's it's also because the crowd itself was not 
what was they not were violent. Anticipating, let's say. Yeah. You Again, know? yeah, they're probably planning for the absolute worst yeah. circumstances, and and they're probably also happy that none of that presented yeah. itself. Because I'm sure there's a few that w- that would want chaos, and then you see videos of them because some people were just some cops were just very aggressive to certain individuals, but for the most part, these people just want to go home without much conflict, just like anyone else. There's always a few on both sides yeah. that want a little. That's what I was going to say. Is I could also tell that there are people. In in the in the crowd in the protesters crowd who you know they're just they're kind of hotheads they kind of it's it's almost like another version of like death by cop yeah. they wanted to get into a confrontation they were the ones that were insulting the police mm. but you know I could count them on one hand the guys who were really like I want this to get a little crazy or I want to be a bit of a martyr yeah. I want to get hit and then I want someone to take a picture of it and I want that to go up. But the crowd itself was really, it just kept just reverting back to peace, reverting back to, you know, the national anthem, reverting back to thanking the police. And so this is essentially what they wanted to do. They pushed us all the way out and then halfway through the road, they erected this 10 foot tall uh, sort of metal fence that's, it's one fence here, one fence there. And then they're zigzagging across for, for structure. Um. So that's the thing. The crowd, and then at the mm. end, just like almost like at the end of a hockey game, <laughs> right? The crowd spontaneously just like laid itself out like it was a hockey team, <laughs> and then just it just happened like that. That's cool. That's a great photo, man. And it was just like they're so fucking Canadian, man. Yeah. We're so fucking Canadian. <laughs> like most of the flags are on hockey sticks. For 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 instance, like. This is such a Canadian photo. Y- you could have, this could be the, you know, the Canadians get to finals or <laughs> win a Stanley Cup. We know that's not, never, never going to happen. Yeah. But like, you know what I mean? Like this could be, although if this was the Canadians winning the Stanley Cup, there would actually be fire and chaos in the background because <laughs> that's what Apparently, we're known for. Yeah. But anyway, so, you know, I, I have I have a lot more photos, but I didn't think we, we should go through them all. It takes a lot of time and... Some of your your listeners aren't watching, so For the ones that are have trekked through us through this journey, you guys are the best. Yeah, but we love you all anyway. Yeah. If you only listened to all that, you're a little weird. I'm yeah, judging yeah, you. I gotta I be honest. So. No, but, but they're, so, they're great photos, man. We're but some people, I've noticed, like casual stuff, not even listening to a podcast, and it just plays out. And I was just doing things. Sure. Twenty minutes later, like, are they showing us pictures? So <laughs> yeah. So if they're <laughs> listening, let's pop their little uh, distraction bubble and be like, "Hey, wake, welcome back." Welcome back, guys. Really? So I'm just like cleaning the dishes, like oh fuck. So Hello. So the Emergencies Act went through. So the Emergencies yeah. Act went through. How so this how do you feel after really being in the in the mud in the middle of all that? I mean, the the light and the fun and the people and then the the cops kind of pop in the bubble, so to speak. And like, is the bubble really popped, or did they just kind of get people off the the steps? You know, like yeah. I mean, that's the thing is there are a lot. Uh, there are a lot of other protests pro- uh, popping up around the country and the world and the world right mm-hmm. um that that was kind of another sentiment that the crowd had it was like the world is watching guys so we need to be set the example exactly we have mm-hmm. to set the example we have to show that we're peaceful we have to show that cuz otherwise it's easy to, at that point, paint a picture that mm-hmm. we're just riotous. Uh, I keep saying we, but I was really there to photograph what was happening. 
and I'm not just saying that to save my butt. Uh, <laughs> like I'm still, I'm still at this point where I definitely agree with the idea of, of ending mandates. I definitely agree with ending vaccine passports. Absolutely. Um, I, I, again, I'm, I, I'm still unsure as to whether or not, you know, a, a almost four week occupation, and I don't even mean occupation in a derogatory sense. I almost mean it, you know, like Literally. Occupy Wall Street, for instance. That was a movement, and it had some noble causes. It also had some fringe elements, and the same here. Like, w there were people who were um, opportunistic, and, and they saw this as a platform, and they were talking about things that were unrelated to the main purpose of the protest. Mm -hmm. um, so anyways, how do I feel? Uh, well, I'm, I'm really worried about this whole Emergencies Act being uh, accepted and extended. Well, extended for 30 days, right? So as of um, February 14th, and so, you know, March, what would that be, 11th or 12th, maybe, they will, um, they'll have another vote and it might be extended again. I don't know. I don't uh I don't think the Emergencies Act was necessary. Technically today they could have just they could have just said okay fine. No Emergencies Act. We did what we came to do. It's done. There's no one around parliament, right? There's almost no truckers left. There's no one protesting around Ottawa anymore. So they came for what they It's when you give the government a chance, man. When you give them a chance to take more power, they'll do it. Yeah. You know, that's what it comes down to. It's yeah. This is an opportunity for to implement new measures. And the thing is, this emergency act, whatever all the rules are of it, I don't know them by heart, but you can Google it. But once it's done, I'm sure there's going to be a couple things that they added that's not going to go away. Right. Well, like the ability for the uh, Canadian government to freeze assets without a warrant. That's something that, that might stick that he actually wants to put forward. There you go. And if that everything else gets taken away and that stays, that's a huge loss for Canadians. Sure. And that's how they do it. And they over time, it's like Jordan Peterson was saying, it's inch by inch. And then 20 years later, they've taken how many miles? Exactly. Know? Exactly. Well, Dan, thank you for uh, coming on here and sharing this. Nate, Sammy, thank you guys. The fact that you guys <laughs> do this thing with the, with the show and tell, I mean, it's awesome. Yeah. It's uh it's a way for, for people to, to see what's actually going on. And, you know, it's alternative media, which is amazing. So you guys are doing a great job. Really yeah. appreciate it. Thank I you. Thanks, man. I, I mean, like... You have an open invitation every time. For so sure. But do, yeah, like I message you and I'm like, emergency podcast. Let's <laughs> do it. That's, that's, that's what it is for this one. Because yeah. I was like, you know, this just happened. Emergencies Act is going on. We need a podcast like before yeah. it uh, before it goes through. Yeah. So I appreciate that, man. And if the next episode is uh, us vis visiting you in the in the prison, we'll be there, <laughs> man. <laughs> I'm just Jeez. kidding. Live Fantastic. behind the bar. Yeah, yeah. All I right. got your bail, bro. I'll do what I can. We'll be in there with him, man. What are you talking? Yeah, about? we're part of this fucking thing. Yeah, no, I don't think it's gonna get there, no. but anyways, but, well, you never know with these kind of things, but you know, everyone. That's all we got for you, and uh, peace and love. You're amazing, bro. Yeah, thanks, Dan. Thanks, man. Really, really Honestly, good stuff. Thank you. Really good stuff, bro. The I'm so happy that um, your portraits took off the way they did. You know, getting yeah. retweeted by by those names and having dialogue with Heather—it's super cool. Yeah.
Yeah, and so actually tomorrow she's going to be posting another piece on her Substack with these photos. So Amazing. yeah, stay tuned and uh, read read up. It's uh, Natural Selections. That's her Substack, and uh, she has great work. Not all of it's her work too. She actually has like um, sort of guest writers. Uh, so a few of them. What's it called again? Natural Selections. Okay, I thought it was like National Selection. I thought it was no, clever no, no. or something. It's no, just no, Natural no. Selection. Natural Selection. Still a good name. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, she'll have some of my photos up there tomorrow. Sweet. And for all those that want to follow Dan, uh, Instagram, or I mean more Twitter? Or Aponte. Oh, no, wait. What was your Dan Twitter phone? Yeah. yeah, so on both Instagram and Twitter, it's at just underscore Dan underscore things with a Z. With a Z. Uh, the other ones were taken, so I had to go with that. Uh, and that's the same Twitter, uh, Instagram, and uh, you could check out my website, uh, www danaponte.ca slash about but if you just go on CA you're going to see a, a lot of my past work which is like weddings, portraits, things like that it's not really what I've been doing uh, that much lately especially with COVID uh, but if you go to my about section you'll you'll read a little bit about uh, my story and um, some of my street photography sweet alright everyone, like thanks man stay frosty, stay curious cool.